Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelous Podcast, podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, that's Blake, we're your hosts, and today we're talking our little B&B D&D, a little critical role. So we're just whipping out the acronyms now. Yeah, that's our thing. Like we're experts. It's becoming a thing, I think. Um, I, got, I felt a little impulsive in your intro. I was rubbing my eyes and then I was like, I'm going to make a face. And then I made the face and I was like, why did I make the face? And I was like, that's that's just us, man. We're it just is. pure anarchy in that's the right. intro. You just never know what's going to happen. It's my favorite thing, honestly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite thing, but okay. yeah. Why'd, yeah. You have to like, why'd you have to specifically <laughs> call attention to the fact that I said that? Um, I, yeah. I do see it's it's flannel season. It is. I love flannel season, man. I actually, I was, I got in trouble, but that's, that's extreme. I didn't like actually get in trouble, but <laughs> I once got in trouble for wearing flannels during non flannel season, which I knew it was like a thing, but I didn't think like it mattered, but apparently. Couldn't like, you have, couldn't you like say you're like a woodworker or something? Like, right. don't they maybe, get like a maybe I'm a lumberjack. They don't on... know. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, did you ever see the new season of Dexter? No. Did you? No, I didn't. I, I heard if, it was good, but you never know with people these days. Right. And that you know. it, it show got so bad at the end that it really did. It's yeah. kind of a similar thing to um Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon, which I know it's not the same because yeah. House of the Dragon is like completely new, but Game of Thrones left such a bad taste in my mouth that I still haven't watched House of the Dragon, but I heard it was really good. Game of Thrones, I was so committed to the finale that I was in like this little hut near a lake in Germany trying to stream it on my phone in like the middle of the night and it left me empty inside oh, after man. finishing it true so true we don't story, story for another day yeah we don't we don't like to talk about the final season yeah. of game of thrones well welcome everybody to our discussion of episode 78 um we, we love talking about Critical Role. We talk about other things on the channel. One of the things we love talking about is just D&D stuff in general. Uh, another form of that content is Worlds Beyond Number, which is a really awesome uh, audio-only D&D adventure. You can check that out. Uh, and then also we have a Discord. We talk about it every episode. There's a link down below to our Discord. If you love talking about D&D, Critical Role, anything related to that um, and you know, popular shows even too. Um, you can jump into our discord. We welcome everybody, whether you're casual, more dedicated, whatever the case may be. Uh, and on Sunday, Sunday nights, we actually um, do a little Sunday fun day, watch something together. Uh, in addition to Thursday, we usually watch the latest episode together. So um, all of a sudden I was like, wow, we do a lot of things. So I was trying to like, <laughs> hit every oh and we yeah. also do this oh and we have a show on friday called pixel bits your weekly wrap up this is going to be a short form show on fridays just to kind of it's it's honestly pretty unstructured it's just to kind of talk and kind of give you guys an opportunity to chat with us too uh so we posted in our discord a link to any questions or awesome theories you have because uh, we'd love to kind of just have a more unstructured time around that so but that'll be fridays at one o'clock central yeah, and we're going to be, I don't know if you mentioned this, we're going to be live streaming that. So, right. like, come through, you ask us questions, like, in the moment live. Uh, this will be the first time we've ever done this, so, um, yeah. you know, bear with us. But, yeah, come hang out. It's uh, 1 p.m. Central Time this Friday. 
Yeah, I did a little. I did a little test run on making sure the streaming stuff was all good, but who's to say? Who knows how it'll go? But yeah, we'll I've see. actually never tried streaming on YouTube. Yeah, you have to. You have to like click a few things, and then they're like, "Okay, you're allowed to start streaming three days from now." Mm. Uh, so I went ahead and made sure to like do that first. Yeah, um, I guess yeah, I we'll surely like our channel has the credentials to stream at this point i would hope well you have to like activate a certain thing and then it goes back to youtube who like gives you like the final gotcha like thumbs up so anyway it's neither here nor there sir gotcha Uh, so yeah come hang out for that and also um if you're watching this podcast the day it airs uh tonight tuesday november 28th there is a critical role one shot um, it is Red Nose Day, so they're doing their annual charity one-shot with a couple of cool guest stars, uh, Tony Hale from Arrested Development, Veep, and Sam Richardson, who is also in a bunch of stuff, also Veep. Um, it should be a lot of fun, and uh, we will be having, just like everything else, a watch party in the Discord okay, tonight. I, I did not know who that was, and I was like, this guy looks like Buster Bluth, big time. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy is like the spitting image. Um, but I did not know that. But it so. just didn't cross your mind that it could actually be him. <laughs> Why would I assume that Buster Bluth would be playing D and D on Critical Role? You well, know? he was in. Uh, he voiced a character in uh, Legend of Vox Machina. Oh, I forgot about that. Actually, yeah. Okay. Small one, but yeah. So that yeah. should be that should be fun. Uh, and it's also um, two hours earlier than than whenever Critical Role normally airs for you. It's two hours before that. So for us. Critical Role is usually at 9, so it's at 7 tonight. Um, but yeah, we should have a crew in the Discord watching along for that, so come hang out. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Um, anything else, my friend? I, I think that's it. Okay. So, <clears throat> without, take it away then? Yeah, without further ado, let's jump into this most recent episode of Critical Role, um, episode 78 of Campaign <clears throat> 3. And if you're new here, we like to recap each episode before we dive into our proper discussion of it. And we cut that recap out and host it separately on YouTube for your viewing convenience. So if you happen to find yourself on just the recap video right now, uh, look in the description below for a link to our full episode if you'd like to check that out. But again, this is episode 78 of Campaign 3, Fractures. So the episode picks up in the aftermath of the completed Titan shard ritual with basically all of bell's hells being like, what, what just happened here? And they immediately want to know like, Fern, did you know about this? Because remember everyone else um, was told that Fern was going to be taking the shard and they had all been warned numerous times that taking two shards would be dangerous, if not deadly. So Fern says, you know, like Ashton and I talked about it, but I didn't want the shard. And so, uh, you know, he, he was going to take it. And FCG heals Ashton, who's still like very rough at this point. And Fern, who is upset, um, actually grabs Ashton's hammer and hits him in the head with it. Um, Ashton doesn't dodge. And then Fern just takes the hammer and repeatedly is like smashing it on the ground, trying to break it before FCG ultimately stops her. She then just storms off by herself. She doesn't want to be around anybody. Um, But Chetney does actually take off after her. Um, Imogen detects thoughts on Ashton just to see like what's going on uh, with them. And here's one week. It only took one week. 
Uh, she pushes in deeper with the detect thoughts and realizes that Ashton is lamenting the fact that they fell into the same trap of hubris that their father had. And it only took a week after finding out about it to do so. Um, <clears throat> Ashton is still, you know, reeling and recovering from this ritual, but can feel this like power within them. And then massive heartburn. His chest is getting hotter and hotter until the point where Ashton actually throws up the Titan shard. Uh, but it's in like a slightly different shape than it was before, but it's still hot and burns to the touch. Um, Matt lets Talison know that his constitution has been permanently reduced by two and his body has rejected the shard. Um, something stirs within Ashton, though. So there was some sort of victory, but there was a cost. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, Laudna is kind of reeling and going through it herself. She is thinking like Ashton has betrayed us. He's betrayed us all. Um, and Delilah's voice is in her head and is like directing her to take the shard. Um, and Laudna is just worried that like, I might kill Ashton if I stay here right now with how like upset I am. And so she leaves as well, just takes off by herself. Um, FCG then talks to Ashton and is like, why did you just do that? And Ashton's like, I don't know. Um, I like, lost consciousness for like 10 seconds there. And I had this vision of a whole other life. Like one where I grew up with my parents and I didn't like what I saw. Like I wasn't a good person. Um, and FCG's like, well, Ashton, who do you care about? Because you certainly don't care about any of us since you did this. And Ashton's just like, I thought this could make me whole. And I thought this was the fix I was looking for. And Imogen, again, everyone's just very mad. And Imogen's like, well, Maybe breaking apart and coming back together is like the restart you needed. Like, don't waste this second chance. Uh, and FCG's like, yeah, but you really need to talk to Fern. Like, you hurt her. Um, <clears throat> at this point, we cut to Chetney, who is caught up with Fern um, as she's walking back. And he's like, how are you? And she is not doing well. And she has actually snatched up the harness before she left and has taken that with her. And she says she's going to destroy it. And Chet's like, whoa. Why don't why why didn't you want the shard, by the way? Um, you know, you were gonna be so powerful with it, we all thought you should have it. And she reveals that, you know, she was scared and Ashton wanted it, so she gave it to him. Um, she doesn't really know why, but she just went along with it. Chet's like, why were you scared? And Fern reveals that she's worried um because of this dark version she saw of herself back in EXU and is worried about like becoming that. Um <laughs> so she knows she made the wrong choice. Ashton almost died, and she's so angry at him. And as they're having this conversation, Chetney actually slide a hands the harness away from her while she's kind of distracted and kind of sets it to the side so she doesn't break it. Um, and they just kind of have a little bit of a heart to heart until Fern finally admits that, you know, she maybe kind of liked Ashton a little bit and went along with it to make them happy. Um, Chet then says, you know what, let's go like let out some frustration. Let's go break some of the windows here at the castle. And then they he picks up the harness again and they make their way to do that. Uh, meanwhile, back with the other crew, Imogen grabs the um, Titan Shard, puts it in the bag of holding, and goes to look for Laudna. Allura and Percy, who are still down here as well, are like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go get some food. And um, Ashton, FCG, and Orem, who, by the way, Liam is absent this episode, um, <clears throat> but Ashton, FCG, and Orem just leave again the ziggurat to go get some fresh air. Imogen can't find Laudna, sends a message, but it fails due to the Apogee Solstice. Um, so we cut back to Chet and Fern, shattering windows. Um, they do that for a little bit, and then Fern's like, I, hey, I need to like go be by myself. 
And Chetney's like, that's fine, but make me a promise that you're not going to leave. She does. She promises. Um, we hear another window break and Gwendolyn DeRolo is there and like saw them doing this. And so she's also breaking windows. Um, <clears throat> so Fern leaves by herself and she actually goes to the matron of Raven's temple. goes inside, goes to the altar and just tries to communicate. She says she's looking for guidance and just liked the matron's vibe. Uh, and she takes out the postcards her Nana wrote her, um, the ones that they were pretending to be her parents. Um, and she offers those up as an offering saying that they aren't what she thought they once were. So she'll leave them here for the matron. She then turns and walks out. And when she gets outside, she hears the caw of a Raven and sees a young Raven with one leg. Who's kind of just looking alone. Two older Ravens then land next to it and drop some berries for the younger one to eat. The two older ones then turn their heads simultaneously and stare at Fern before flying away. And then the younger one flies off as well. Um, <clears throat> cut to Laudna, who again is alone, just wandering through these caverns beneath Whitestone by herself in her form of dread, like not in a good spot. Um, she's kind of talking to Delilah, just kind of stumbling out, eventually making it through a secret passageway out to the area surrounding Whitestone. Um, cut back to Ashton, who is making their way out of the tunnels and hears all the breaking glass and they find Percy. And Ashton and Percy kind of have a little one-on-one heart-to-heart. Ashton saying, like, I did something really stupid. Percy says, moment I met you, I knew you were destined for stupidity. Um, And Ashton's like, I just don't know if I'm a good person. And Percy says, you know, as someone who's wrestled with demons myself, we all make terrible mistakes, especially those of us that want to make a difference. But when you fail, it's important you do everything you can to make up for it. Punish yourself as much as you need to, but don't drag them down with you. Um, really cool moment between those two. Um, <clears throat> cut to Imogen, who looks for Laudna some more and still cannot find her. And then basically everyone meets up for dinner. Um, everyone except Fern and Laudna, of course. Allura tells them like, hey, let me know when you guys are ready to depart because uh, she's their ride. Um, but kind of gets the vibe that stuff is off. And um, Imogen's like, have you seen Laudna and Fern? And she's like, no. And are you guys still, you know, up for this? And Imogen's like, you know, I thought so, but, you know, I don't know. Like, I'll let you know in the morning if we can figure this out. And um, Laura's like, okay. <clears throat> At dinner, though, Chet casts Grim Psychometry on the Titan Shard um, and gets this vision of the earliest of times when the elements ruled Exandria. There was this conflict, and then it was bound in this cold place below, alone, half asleep. Then it's surrounded by arcane light, free once more, and it's reaching out to grab the hand of another like it from beneath the twin mountain, and then nothing. Um, <clears throat> that's the end of the vision. Uh, the party then wonders where Fern and Laudna are, and FCG's like, we gotta let them do them. Let's just go to sleep, get some rest. They'll come back. Um, but if nothing else, I can take locate person, and that'll help us find Laudna tomorrow. Ashton then apologizes, and... Um, says, you know, they'll do whatever it takes to help find Laudna. And uh, Chetney at this point tells Ashton, you should leave. Leave and don't come back. And Ashton turns to leave and Chet like yells at him saying, you know, you do things for yourself, but don't put the rest of us at risk. Like, I don't trust you anymore. You hurt Fern. Um, Ashton turns around and they're like, hey, I don't trust myself either. Um, but you know what? Like, you used to have uncontrollable wolf stuff and you hurt people. And I'm glad that you stopped, 
But if ever you were to have another incident and hurt somebody, just know that I will be there to help you clean it up. And like, I won't, I won't give you any shit about it, but for now I'll go. And Ashton leaves. Um, <clears throat> we then cut to Ladna, who again is alone in the shadows, just talking to Delilah. And she asks, is love anything more than pain? And Delilah says, it is if you find the means to fix the pain and hurt those who hurt you. And Ladna asks about Ashton and Delilah says, Ashton doesn't even know who they are. They're just a child. And Ladna's like, well, I don't want to hurt a child. I love children. And so she's like, well, how about I make Ashton a doll, a doll to play with, you know, because they're a child. And so she decides to yeah, go. <laughs> she decides, sure. Yeah, yeah. Normal, normal train of thought. She yeah. decides to go to her old cabin in the woods where she maybe has some of her old supplies to make a doll. And that's where we go to break on the first half. Yes. Coming back from the break, um, both Ladna and Fern separately are heading into the woods and they do rollies and just they don't see each other. They miss each other. Um, Fern finds a spot where she casts plant growth and she kind of replicates what her home back at the Ligament Manor, her bedroom looks like, uh, where she goes to sleep. Uh, and Ladna goes to her little cabin where she begins to craft this doll for Ashton from all these random parts that are still left in um, the woods. And there was something also about how like her journey here was really disorienting because like things have changed since she was here. Um, but despite that, she's also, as she's crafting this doll, she's talking to Delilah who Delilah, they're basically having a heart to heart. And Delilah's continuing to talk about, um, you know, the ones you love, how they hurt you. And um, also eventually uh, basically says like, Hey, we're going to need that shard too. <laughs> and Lana's like, uh, eh, it doesn't feel like a good idea. And Delilah's like, yeah, I'm going to need it. Um, if we're going to get, I, I needed to get more powerful. Um, it's going to be good for both of us. So, um, we're, we're going to need to get the shard. Um, and Lot is basically like, you know, what could we use it for? Like, I'm just Matilda, which is her actual former name, uh, to which L Delilah basically says, um, no, Matilda's dead. You are something more. Um, and in this very um, reminiscent of the Gnarl Rock with Imogen, Ladna uh, sort of cuddles up with the doll and asks Delilah to keep her warm. Uh, and Matt describes the shadows sort of encroaching around her. Uh, morning comes up. Um, Imogen wakes up panicked. Uh, she wants to know where Ladna is. Uh, immediately tells FCG, hey, we need to find Ladna. I saw Delilah. Um, there's a funny thing with Sam Regal being like, did I see Delilah? And Laura, Laura Bailey's like, did you? I don't know. Like, I don't think you did. But um, FCG cast locate creature. They It only goes to 1,000 feet, so they can't actually detect her outside of the city uh, in the forest. Uh, they do go down to the um, tunnels. They don't find her up there. Um, meanwhile, uh, Ashton, Jenny goes to get breakfast, runs back into Ashton, and, you know, Ashton has the big molten arm and Chetney's like, yeah, let's give that a try and reverts into his wolf form. And the two of them roll initiative uh, to battle. Um, Ashton does land. He has a higher initiative. He does land a couple of good hits onto Chetney. We aren't told really what the molten fist does other than Matt saying something along the lines of 
Um, I think it was something like something not yet awoken or not in tune yet with the arm. Um, but Chetney goes back to his, his gnome form and is like, all right, that's a cool arm. Good job. Um, and they basically decided, hey, let's all group up. We need to get the party back together. So um, the party eventually, uh, Fern does come back to uh, the castle, meets up with the party. Um, there's various comments about Orem just standing there since he's not uh, like doing push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> I think Matt's like, I don't know how to RP this guy because <laughs> um, you know, Orm, uh, Liam's not at the table. Uh, and finally, um, SCG does get a ping on Ladna, who's coming back from the workshop from her cabin, uh, being outside of the city. Uh, they go out, Laudna sees, sees Ashton and immediately is triggered into like a fight or flight, like panicked feeling of like, I'm going to kill him if I get too close to him. Tries to run, Chetney chases her down, catches her, tackles her, and uh, Imogen too, like runs up and is like, Laudna, like, are you okay? Like, what's happening? And Imogen actually tells FCG and FCG's mind, like, Hey, I've never seen her like this before. Like she, uh, Imogen's lunt word is like, she's reverted. Um, and Laudan is very untrusting. She's very panicked um, and is deeply upset about Ashton taking the shard. Um, they talk about what to do. Like the party's kind of fractured and they're, they kind of agree. Like we can't go on this big mission with us sort of broken, the dynamic broken. And uh, Fern has the idea like, hey, why don't we go to Grandma... You know, Maury's house uh, in the Feywild and they remember like yeah didn't she have like some kind of like uh, control of like time like sort of like a it was very like hyperbolic time chamber-esque yeah. uh, but it was like you know we could go there and then FCG is immediately like yeah like a team building event like let's do it um, the party then uh, now Ashton's hung back at the city gate because he doesn't want to make things worse um, the party does eventually come back um, and there's this very interesting, like apology from Ashton to Ladna. Um, I think Ashton says like, Hey, I'm working my way through the group. I'm sorry for what happened. And Ladna's like, Hey, I made you a doll. Cause you're a child. And rather than being offended, Ashton's like, Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I've never had a doll before. Um, and there's also a very interesting comments about, um, from Ladna about how, and sort of like forgiving Ashton, like, hey, love is pain, uh, but it's also warmth. But I was so cold last night, um, to which Imogen's like, okay, something is going on with you and Delilah right yeah. now. Um, the party then makes their way back into the castle. They go to Alora, who's kind of like, all right, are y'all ready for this big mission? And they're like, hey, can you take us to the Feywild for a team retreat? And Alora's kind of like, yeah we got kind of like this big deal happening but and they're like no it's okay we we um fern's grandma grandma morgan to which Alora's immediately like oh you guys know the fate stitcher that's your grandma <laughs> and there's like immediate credibility there um all that to say she's like yes i can send you there um while they're having this conversation ashton sort of like pulls fern away um says like hey can you help me find this book i don't know how to read um <laughs> and fern's like okay um and they basically have this conversation where fern's like hey i'm really upset at you like i i saw you blow up into a million pieces and it really messed me up and i just i really didn't like that and um ashton's really apologetic too and fern's basically like you know um i'm not ready i don't think to like move on from this yet so um, all that to say, Alora teleports them to the Ligament Manor. 
um, to where they discover Grandma Mori um, still healing from her wounds way back. Um, I don't know what episode it was, man, but when they went to the Feywall originally to destroy the Malleus Key and the Unseelie Court dragon thing uh, attacked her or she defended them as they were escaping. Um, so she's still bandaged, but they also discover Fern's parents uh, who are there, coincidentally, it seems, talking to Grandma Mori. Um, they, Bertie and Fern embrace. Uh, there's a moment where um, the party is kind of telling Morgan, like, hey, we wanted to come here to have a little team retreat. Um, you know, can you get us back after we're done? And she's like, sure. Um, but then there's a moment where Bertie leaves to go get Fern's dad. And Morgan tells Fern something very interesting. She says that Fern's, um, not inheritance, uh, heritage, Fern's heritage was so interesting to her that she carefully like followed the thread of Fern and has been sort of like guarding her from various pluckings as she puts it. Fern's very intrigued by this. Mm -hmm. She asks about Asmodeus uh, to which Fern, uh, to which Morgan basically says like, Hey, that's an invitation for an encounter with Asmodeus, but just know that he is a deal maker and the deals never seem to work out in one's favor. Uh, but then probably the most important thing that Morgan says is your, your mother has been hiding a deep secret about you and you deserve to know what it is. And it's about, it's about who you really are. It's about your heritage. Um, and Fern also asks about the dark Fern version she's, she has seen, and it seems to be related to this heritage in some way. All that to say, um, FCG offers to plan the uh, team building event and jokes about maybe Morgan can wipe my memory after she shows me like the way around. <laughs> uh, and Morgan basically mentions like, yeah, I could do that. And then they're kind of like, well, wait a second. You know, Fern, do you remember having your memory wiped? And she's like, no, I don't. Which are like, well, yeah, you wouldn't remember. But anyway, um, that's basically where the episode uh, comes to an end. Uh, there's also a quick, uh, oh, two other quick details. Morgan is scrying on this character who, um, Vitalin, I think was his name, Vitorin, uh, a fae who had... Uh, rene uh, reneged on a promise that he made to her way back when. And then they also, I think in the scrying orb, they look at Ruidus too. And effectively, the party is told, like, hey, Ruidus being held where it is, is bending the ley lines and manipulating magic. And if it's if this is not stopped, it will have dire consequences on Exandria. Um, but that is basically where the episode ends. Episode 78 fractures uh and if you're watching just the recap click the link to get our full thoughts and theories and let us know what you thought about the episode as well and yeah that's what happened pop pop what was pop, pop. If, if you're looking at it what was the name of that fay that she was trying to scry on again I, I don't have it in front of me um i think it was i think it was vitorin or Vit, vitari or it was a v though um, was it Vatora or Vishtarin? I think it was maybe it was something in. I, th I thought it was Vatorin, but maybe not. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find that really quick. I don't see it here, so I'm not sure. Um, sorry, I'm 
pausing us here. The reason I asked is because I was looking at some other stuff the other day, and those names were there, and um, if it was the same one, that would be very interesting. But Yeah, okay. It's, okay, it's not. It's not. So never mind. Uh, it is Vitorin. That's how it's spelled, at least. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but V-I-T-O-R-E-N. So yeah, okay. it's not one of the same names. Anyway, um, gotcha. this episode, man, I thought it was fantastic. Like, one of, if not the best RP episodes of the whole campaign, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Rocco. It was good. Sorry, my I got distracted because my camera all of a sudden, I like minimized to look at crit roll stats. And mm. my when I brought it back up, my windows are like thrown everywhere, mm. um, which I just love. I love that. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, Yes, it was it was a great episode of great RPing. Um, it's always impressive how quick some of the lines. I mean, they're actors, right? Yeah. But like some of the lines were so like poignant and on like just literally like such like a stinger of a line. Um, yeah, the acting was incredible for sure. Yeah, I I loved it. Um, and it's crazy to think that you know, maybe the best RP episode and Liam O'Brien wasn't even there. Which is crazy because he's so like, dude kills this kind of stuff. I know. You know, <laughs> so I was bummed he wasn't there. Um, I got, I got, I got two big feelings about this episode. Okay. And I haven't, I haven't read, I haven't read any reactions to the episode. Uh, so I don't know what people think about it. Um, you know, I'm a little biased because I stan Ashton quite a bit. Um, there's a lot to talk about on the back half with Fern that I'm really curious to pick your brain on with like what Morgan, the heck, what the heck she's talking about mm-hmm. front half yeah. the fallout from last week's episode or last week, previous episode. Yeah, bro. I was a little, I was a little bothered by how these people like were relentless against my man Ashton over here. Like, like I, I was, I was just like, this is gross. Like these guys are like, <laughs> I think these people are so, I'm just curious what you think. You know, I kind of feel like you and I aren't necessarily going to be on the same page here, uh, but it sounds like we're not, you know? <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, I do think like, <clears throat> like I thought it was incredible RP. So I, I loved it. I don't know. I, I could see where, I mean, they were harsh. Like everyone was kind of beaten down on, on Ashton, but like, I get it. I get why, like he lied to all, he lied to all of them and he almost, it was a white lie. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a a twirling mustache lie. It was, it was Fern didn't want it. You know, there was no one else clearly to take it. But he lied. He could have just told them the truth, but instead he was deceptive about it. And he almost died. He did die. Yeah, it wasn't like they deceptive did though. Like, you know, they've been looking for an artifact and he's been hiding it all along for his like own end. Like, I, I, I think, I think the reaction to him was like way blown out of proportion and frankly, really douchey. For th- this is the character who has like gone to bat and been like we've talked about this. Who's been like the like supporter for every person who like. Every person has had like their scummy mess. Like when Ladna killed Bordor, Ashton was like, 
hey, it's okay. Like, I'm just thinking, like, I, there's so many moments I can think about in the campaign where Ashton is like the emotional support person. And, you know, he has this moment that wasn't the right decision, clearly. And, like, I mean, she, uh, honestly, my biggest issue, I, 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 don't, I don't fault Fern being mad at him. Um, I don't fault um, FCG being angry either. Honestly, the one that really bothers me is Chetney mm. being like, you should leave. You should go. There was some line he said about like, yeah, well, when I was a wolf, I never hurt anybody. And I was like, am I high? Like, <laughs> did I forget? Did I have like a fever dream? Like, isn't like a main mechanic of his character was that he, when damaged to a certain point of hit points, he could go feral and like attack his fellow party members. Like, yeah. And like this whole, like, you should leave, you should go. I'm like, bruh like wh what i just i just thought it was a huge hypocritical thing to say and kind of hypocritical in general for everybody you know who everyone has their own thing you know and ashton's always been the one to, to support them so I, I just i really i personally had a really big problem with everyone's reactions to ashton mm. in this episode and it's it's probably the first time in the campaign where i was like i really dislike how everyone's coming down on him mm. I mean, I understand that reaction. That's what I got to say. <clears throat> I, I understand I that reaction because they were like they were hard on Ashton a hundred percent. Like it was harsh, and um, I don't know. I just I understand why. And like from a from a like a watching a entertainment point of view, I thought it was incredible, like storytelling and like at in moments, uh, like Chetney's moment. I think was my favorite. Like. Travis, like, I don't know if <clears throat> not that you have to like, like, like that the character did it, but like, did you like the moment, you know, like from, no, a, no, I man, didn't that's like crazy. It. Cause I thought it I was didn't like, like it because <laughs> it, it was the most, it was the scummiest, most hypocritical thing that, that Chetney could have <laughs> done. Yeah. He's like, why would you want to hurt Fern? And it, it was, it's just like, well, obviously it wasn't intended to hurt Fern. Like, I, I don't know. It just I, felt, it just felt hypocritical and manipulative i just thought this is wild to me and extreme like you should go you should leave like i i was like you've spent all of this campaign with this person and you think i don't i, I don't know man you, i mean it's we're, gonna, it's gonna get me on my soapbox obviously i mean we're certainly just gonna i guess agree to disagree here but i the, i love the acting's it. the acting's good i don't yeah. discount that <laughs> You know, I don't discount that. Like, was it well executed? Sure. Uh, I just, I think, I think it was like virtue signaling in a way that it was like, uh, what's the expression? Like log in your own eye or like needle in your face, or I don't know what the expression is, but I know what you're talking like, about, you but like glass house have, type of thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you criticize someone, you have your own stuff to deal with, like, you know, and then, you know, and, and just to get, I like the episode, okay? <laughs> but then, like, the other thing that annoyed me, too, which I know we're not aligned here either, was this... It felt like he was punished for taking the big risk. Well, wait, I don't want to go there yet, because right. that's a whole other right. discussion. Okay. <clears throat> Let me say my piece on the, the all chat. Right. All right. I was just trying to get it all out there, man, you know? <laughs> just trying to get all yeah. the food on the table so you could just decide what you wanted to pick at, you know? So, so. I... I understand your perspective. And I think a lot of people probably felt that way. I too haven't really looked at the reaction because it was so toxic the week before I was just like, I'm not doing this to myself again. Um, 
but I, I highly doubt you're alone in feeling that way. But I, I loved it from an RP standpoint of view. Like Travis, I was I was going to give a whole soapbox on how freaking amazing Travis Willingham is as a player because like he will hit you with those moments that just like cut straight to it. Whether you like like what the character is doing or not, like I'm aside from that, I'm saying um, like there's a few specific moments as Grog that I can think of that I, I won't get into. Um, but like, I don't know. I just love Travis as a player. And like this moment is one that I will like call back to if I ever need to like showcase that. Um, <clears throat> but I, and again, they were harsh. Like I, I'm admitting that, but I do think that it's different because I, and we already kind of talked about this, but Ashton lied and did this of his own volition. Whereas in the example of like Chetney or FCG, when they lose control, it's out of their control. It's not like a conscious decision that they're making to hurt other people. Like Ashton selfishly chose this, lied this about is, it. This is the most BS thing. <laughs> they can't control Chetney can't control being a bloodthirsty werewolf. So no. he's like he gets off scot free. Like right. Well, not gets like, off scot free, but it is I'm different. Like, like he mean, didn't intentionally lie I mean, and choose to hurt the group. Murdered a bunch of people. Also unintentionally. Oh my gosh, bro. (laughs) What? That's true. Is that not true? But it doesn't make it any less bad. I mean, it it does. These people killed people and Ashton did what he thought was the right decision. Fern didn't want it. If you're forced to kill somebody versus if you just go kill somebody, one of those is obviously worse. Oh my gosh. Give me a break. (laughs) You you give me a break. (laughs) Whatever, dude. You're crazy. Whatever. I'm ready to like, hear the comments on whose team you're on down here. We need to end the stream here. This <laughs> is in the podcast up. altogether. Um, oh my gosh! But you, okay? You know what? I hope get in the comments to quote Brendan Lee Mulligan. I want to see justice for my man Ashton out here. Listen again. Not saying that they weren't harsh, and maybe you know somebody could have been a bit nicer about it. But if you got to think about in the moment, like you just witnessed your friend explode. Like they Ashton should be dead. Like it's a miracle. Ashton's not dead. And I think that, you know, if Ashton had died, I mean, one, they'd be dead. And so you can't have a conversation anyway, but like on some level, Ashton is okay. So now there's like the anger is there to like be unleashed. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do they know he's okay? No one even asks, are you okay? Like no one even, and I mean, and honestly, Chetney's telling him to leave with like Ashton's whole backstory being about, having no home like having no group like the nobody's left him and there was some line about him loving the group because it was the first group that he knew wasn't going to leave him or something about that and then like one of your friends to tell you to leave like it it just i don't i'm just it was very one-sided in my mind and i i think unfairly so i i get i get fern being like hey that really messed me up like i care a little bit about you and emotions aside like we're friends like seeing you literally explode into a million pieces and come back was very traumatic i get that i'm not discounting that but like i just feel like if liam was there liam would have been like hey man ashton are you good bro like or just like a little tiny like you know because you know he's like the dad of the group you know so i could see him being kind of the peacemaker and you know I just think I just think Ashton should have gotten like a hug or something from anybody instead of just like, 
hey, you screwed up. You're a screw up, you idiot. You know, how could you do this? You but know? it's just, like, it's so raw. Like we're literally witnessing like the seconds after it happened. And then dinner was a little bit later, but like at that point, Ashton still hadn't like apologized to everybody, you know? I don't know. I just view it like, <clears throat> I, we just view it differently because I view it as a, a betray, like Ashton betrayed them by lying to them and doing that selfishly. Like if he had at least just told them that would, you know, what was going to happen, then I agree with you that these reactions would be crazy. But he, he lied about he, it. He, he couldn't tell them because he knew that th they would talk in circles about it and that they would try to force Fern to take it when Fern, Fern told him, I do not want it. But on some level, she could have been saying that because she knew they did. Well, I mean, I think I think Fern even said that, that, hey, I knew Ashton wanted it. But also we know in multiple places, including Foresighted Dive, that she did not want it because of Dark Fern. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's more legitimacy to not wanting it than because I, I think there is a, a, a thread here of like emotional manipulation. She kind of did want it, but she kind of got gaslighted into not wanting it. Like I could, I could see someone making that argument. However, Ashley Johnson has, has said explicitly, like I, I did not want it. I did not yeah. want it. So, you know, and Ashton's trying to make a big swing. I mean, it's whatever. Like but they're, they're allowed to be mad for being deceived. I, I, I don't have a problem with people being mad. What I have a problem with is like how the, the level it went to of like, I don't know. I just, I, I think the emotionality of it is fine. I think, I think, I just think some of it was kind of scummy, honestly, for mm. a group that you've been with this whole time. And you know, there wasn't. Well, do you not like think wasn't. it was scummy for Ashton to have done that in the first place? I would not call it scummy. No. Hmm. I guess we're just going to have to agree to disagree here. But what, what was scummy about it? Because <laughs> he lied to his friends what, and almost got like, the party has lied to each other. And Fern like what's up with this? Like but this was like life or death stakes. His it, life or death. But he didn't know that Fern also could have died. Like who knows what could have happened? You know, <clears throat> I think you're being too harsh on everybody else. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we, can we, let's, let's stir the pot a bit more. I got more to say about this, about the consequences. Well, bef before we do that, should we just go ahead and, I mean, we kind of already talked about it. We was a heavy, heavy focus on Chetney, but I also loved FCG's conversation with Ashton um, and the whole Laudna um, Ashton moment with the doll. Like that was, mm -hmm. that was so yeah. powerful. Um, like, <clears throat> I don't know if she, it's so hard to parse where like Laudna actually is right now. Um, you know, Delilah was obviously insulting Ashton by calling them a child. And then Laudna was like, well, I'll make them a doll. So I don't know if that was like also passive aggressive, like you're a child. So I made you a doll or if she's just kind of so lost in her own like psyche right now that just like she genuinely thought this would be helpful. Like, I didn't know where the line was on like is this an insult or is this coping? Um, but then Ashton's reaction to it being like genuine and like having that breakdown, I thought that was just such a good moment. Yeah. It's, it's clear. There's something going on with Ladna that she's not like fully, I don't want to say not sober. I mean, not that she's not, a, I guess, I don't know if that's the right word, but 
like Imogen saying like she's reverted, like there's something really off about her. Yeah, because um, Imogen's known her for a long, like what, like six years, seven years or something. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. So it's interesting this line of what started with Bordor getting betrayed by Bordor and how it has honestly this descent into um hey if Ashton comes near me I'm going to murder him you know like she's clearly I don't know I'm kind of curious like where her story is going to go from here because she seems pretty temporarily happy with Delilah mm. and Delilah's you know as her patron so you know, it seemed like there might be an opportunity for her to like transition to like the, I don't know if that would be the wild mother, but, um, uh, specifically the, the, uh, what's the tree called the sun tree. Mm -hmm. Um, cause she had the iconography with that, with her form of dread, but yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious what's going on with her. It's very like addict behavior. Um, yeah. like she's, she's relapsed into Delilah and so she is happy because she like if we can draw the analogy like she's drinking again or you know she's on drugs again so she's got that kind of high of having like found yeah. the comfort in that thing. Um, yeah, but Ashton's the problem, right? <laughs> sorry, dude. Listen, two sorry, things man. can be true. Okay, okay. Lana can be going through some stuff, and maybe Ashton right. didn't handle it's things not her correctly. Fault, you know, hey, yeah, I got it. <laughs> It's not that they're not. It's not her fault. She was yeah, killed no. and used in a necromantic ritual outside of her control. Not every day that you're, you know, killed and <laughs> tormented and killed. So yeah, I think also wasn't wasn't it also implied that she was like tortured too, or wasn't that wasn't that didn't that come up at some point? I don't know if like I mean maybe I mean she had like you know her ears like her body. What's, I don't know right. what the word I'm looking for modified. So like, right. I don't know if that happened pre or post mortem, but, um, you know, they had their fancy dinner and then were, were killed. So I don't know like what, if torture happened between those or not. Um, yeah. Okay. I thought there was like a line somewhere about it, but maybe not. <clears throat> there there might've been, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, love that moment. But okay. If we want to transition to the actual, I think this is where you were going. The, the shard and the mechanics and right. Is that, did you have a soapbox well, speech you know. prepared or <laughs> I just, I, I know we're not going to agree. I know we're not going to agree, but <laughs> I just, I, I, I just feel like my feeling was when he like threw up the shard, it, I just kind of felt like really after all that, after 10 rounds, like, I don't know. It just, it just felt hollow, I guess. It just felt, I, I was pretty disappointed. And I know Matt said something like, you know, you spit it back up and was something like, you know, because Yvonne Trevere said they couldn't go together or something. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think people, you know, maybe, maybe I haven't watched enough Critical Role, but, you know, I, I interpreted Yvonne Trevere a number of ways, you know, <laughs> could have gone anyway, right? You got a warning, right? But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I couldn't help but feel like Ashton took a huge risk, or, or rather Talison took a huge risk. Um, it progressed the story in a really meaningful way. The roles were there. The dice told the story in my mind. You know, 10 rounds, the dice told the story. And then it felt like we walked it back. And not only did we walk it back, but the Constitution um, 
penalty, uh, which on a barbarian is pretty, I mean, I guess it's important on anybody really, but, um, and I know Matt said, Hey, you know, there's a boon, there's a boon there that we'll talk about, but I don't know. I just, I was kind of just like, man, after all of that, that's, I don't know. I, I, I just, it, like I said, it felt hollow to me after last week's episode or previous episode. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Um, I was surprised when it was spit out, like kind of for that same reason, but I, <clears throat> I guess for me, I just fall back on the trust that I know is there. And maybe even conversations were held above the table about all of this. Maybe not. Um, but even if they weren't, you know, I, I know there's the trust there. And so I can't speak to like what maybe is happening or what might happen, but <clears throat> I just I'm interested to see where it goes. I think that we're still in the immediate aftermath, so it feels like just a big nothing burger and there's just a consequence. But I think there's more to come with this. Um, I think the shard activated the earth shard, you know, like that whole process, I think, awakened the one that was already within Ashton. And so for me, like, I don't think the negative two constitution is permanent. Um, I think that will go away as like Ashton continues to awaken but it's not like matt's gonna say you have a minus two constitution for three weeks until you know so i think <laughs> um <clears throat> so i think that's just kind of how he had to say it in the moment um you know now should matt have just regardless of what his plans were thrown it all away and went this new route and let ashton have both shards i mean that was certainly a possibility but just not knowing what is all in the cards, you know, it's hard to like make that, like say that that's what should have happened. Um, so I, I agree with you in the sense that like, I was surprised when he threw it up and it does feel like, Oh man, like I didn't even get anything for that. But then I was like, well, he is going to get something for that. This is just the way, this is just the form it's taking, I guess for me. Um, so I don't where know. Do you think, where do you think the shard goes from here? Like, do you think the party is going to try to convince Fern? Like, like Fern's explicitly said, I do not want it. Do you think they're going to try to convince her? Like, because I mean, Chetney did talk to her and was mm -hmm. like, hey, like, we thought you're going to be awesome with like these new powers. Like, would have been really cool. Um, like, I kind of wonder, like, where the story goes regarding the shard now, because uh, you also have and it almost kind of feels like Matt's even kind of like putting it out there with having Delilah be like, Hey, we should really get that shard. <laughs> yeah. Which that would be really interesting. Well, that's what um, I'm worried about. Um, I think the party will want Fern to take it, but I'm worried what Delilah might just do. Cause we know she can like manifest now more than she ever has. So like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that like she could take the shard like without agency from Marisha, like even if Marisha isn't decides to RP taking the shard, I feel like Matt could be like, Hey, like roll a wisdom save, you know, or something. And then she takes it. Now it seems like it would be pretty, well, we know she just absorbed the null rock. I wonder if Delilah mm -hmm. would have to use the harness. Like maybe Delilah could just absorb the shard just by touching it or something. But if it would require yeah, the harness, I mean that seems a bit more, like, how could she possibly get away with that? But, I mean, what? I guess it only takes a minute? Well, maybe she could, like, in the middle of the night or something. Yeah, I mean, Imogen seems pretty set on Ladna. Like, Ladna asks, like, who has the shard? And Imogen's like, I can't tell you that. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I, it's the whole thing's very strange, honestly, because it seems like Ladna. There's a story reason for Ladna to take it because of Delilah, mm. but the party doesn't want her. Would presumably not want her to have it. Right. Um, Ashton's out. Fern, the party, I think wants to have it, but she herself does not want it. FCG, I think it was already mentioned, has like that energy core that I feel like there was something about it being like incredibly powerful or something. So it doesn't feel like a clean fit for him or for them, excuse me. Not that there'd be anything wrong with FCG taking it. Um, so that in my mind leaves Orem or Chetney. Which I could see Chetney taking it. But yeah. I, I don't think, and I know why you're saying Fern doesn't want it, because, I mean, she said as much, but I don't know if that's, like, I think she could on some level want it if these things are, like, addressed, you know? I could, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, for Fern to take it, there would have to be, like, a clean, compelling reason that wouldn't, that wouldn't involve, like, the party forcing her to take it. Like, hey, you should, it should really be you. Um just for how deliberately Ashley Johnson has said, I do not want it. Now, has it been like a hard line of like, don't you bring it up to me? I don't want it. Like, no. Um, so I could see like, and maybe this conversation with Maury is, or like this secret truth, like maybe that is. Um, yeah. Maybe like maybe it even line. like conveniently kind of plays into it even, you know, like. I don't know how, was, but. Let me look back here on. Um, Bro, I'm sad. I feel like you didn't like this episode as much as you could have based on how, <laughs> how you feel about it. Like, I thought this was an amazing episode. I like Critical Role. <laughs> I like D&D. I like the episode. I yeah, just, yeah. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm not saying you I didn't. Just don't, I just don't see us resolving our feelings about it in a way where, I mean... <laughs> where we agree you know and like i said i haven't i have not read i literally have not read a single reddit thread about it so i could be totally in the minority um i bet you're not i mean i bet it's honestly a pretty good split because i can totally see why you feel that way yeah um elmanor is her name uh high war queen of the burning veil burning Um, exactly that's why i thought of it so for our people who didn't see EXU season one, and I, sorry if we keep like rehashing this, but just to get everyone on the same page, there was a moment in, and this is why this keeps getting brought up. There was a moment in season one, um, and the thing about EXU was like this timey wimey, time is a weird soup. Like there were details that were like kind of ambiguous, like when they happened or where they were from. So there's this kind of underlying tone about that, which was their basically their play test time that they kind of like worked into the story. But one of the things that came out of that was there was a moment that they went to this gate and out of the gate came dark fern essentially. And they had the circlet of barb vision and dark fern was wearing it. Um and they fought dark fern yada yada whatever. But one detail was I think this was as dark fern was like being vanquished or what have what have you uh abria who was dming basically said like you see into the portal um something something but you see um the war queen of the burning veil and i think the line was who wants you back or something like that like that yeah so um that's that's that sort of unsettling detail is what 
Fern has been worried about, like, is am I am I doomed to become this character? Essentially, was kind of the implication of it. However, that was Elmenor. Um, we saw a more positive version of her in Calamity, because uh, I think that wasn't that Elmenor who showed up for mm-hmm. yeah. Loquacious. Yeah. Okay, a more a more positive version, I would say, more empathetic, I guess. All this to say, the burning veil detail is what I wonder about, where I think like, hey, burning veil, fire, fire shard. She also has Mr. who's fire. Um, What's her wildfire spirit, right, is her Mm -hmm. subclass? So, I mean, I could see like, I guess what I'm getting at is, do you think we're heading towards a detail that she's really the child of Elmenor or something like that? There's something there, and not that this is something that needs to be dove into, but just on the EXU thing, I I mean, it's really easy to draw the connection that the Elmenor was, like, tied to Dark Fern, but it wasn't explicit in that way. Like, Dark Fern came through the gate, there was a battle, and after the battle, Fern, through the gate, could see Elmenor. So, like, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, an evil thing, it contrasted to, like, the the nicer hmm. one we saw in calamity like oh interesting I mean, there's obviously okay. like some like there was some connection to be made there but i don't know if it's necessarily like well elmanor sent dark fern necessarily yeah well and also part of this too is i don't say retcon is not necessarily the right word but there were details of things that happened kind of in the moment yeah that matt and brennan both pretty much matt has picked up and used as really cool yeah story points which i think is a great thing to do as a dm so i i think in some ways like us going back to this and being like well what was happening there like right. it it's not it's it, we can't like pick it up and just like set it like oh it fits yeah. right here <clears throat> yeah um that's interesting though i hadn't i hadn't considered that as an option but yeah i think you're totally right though that not not for everything i mean i think they clearly could have planned some big things even that far back like the oh no plateau like clearly that was like a planned thing that now makes sense given the, the solstice and the ley lines and the power. Um, but then stuff like the seed that is it Orem who had the seed. Yeah. Like the way you. that was used. I bet that was more of a like, Oh, Abria gave me this toy. This is how I'm going to use that. Right. The dark fern, I think could be either. I think it could be something Abria like just did. And now Matt is kind of getting to play with that idea. 70 mm-hmm. episodes later. Um, but it could also be like something that was, specifically planted i lean less towards that though just because of player agency and like who knows what fern's character arc is going to be a hundred episodes into the campaign like would you want to put her in a box to be like you're ending up with this potential mm-hmm. you know but maybe ashley was like hey i want that so mm-hmm. i really don't know which which camp it could be um <clears throat> but uh, i will say i'm glad we're back here though because for me and maybe yeah. we mentioned this a few episodes ago like the only like real unaddressed detail has been Fern. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, if Rudis is the end game, which it, it may not be. Um, but if it is, they're leaving behind this sort of important detail though. Ira's on Rudis. So I guess I think we had talked about like, maybe it works out that way. So, um, but it, it I'm, I'm very interested. Um, help me put some things together. Fern was born under Rudis, so she's Rudis touched or whatever the expression is. Yeah, Rudis um, born. 
Brutus born. Um, but the details that were confusing, she, it's not clear why she was left with Maury. Her parents are younger than her, which we chalked up to be time is a weird soup thing. I think we do know why she was left with Maury. She was left with Maury to protect her because they were on the run after stealing the thing out of the mouth. Yes. Sorry. I, I misspoke. Um, we, what I mean actually is, um, is there something else going on there? Um, because mm-hmm. when Morgan talked about, Hey, your thread right. was fascinating. I, I feel like Matt was very deliberate. He said, I knew I had to keep you. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there was like a slight pause. Sorry about to sneeze. I knew I, <laughs> Excuse Bless me. you. She was like, I knew I had to keep you form, keep you safe. And mm-hmm. I just feel like there was like the slightest hesitation where so and we've talked about this, like where this really brilliant storyline of like Birdie and um, her dad, I can't think of his name. Ollie, I um, think. Ollie uh, being like, yeah, this is our decision. Like we want to leave you with and us and us, mm-hmm. you and I kind of being like, is that really what happened, though? Yeah. Like. Is that just what they think happened mm-hmm. and something else happened? Um, so, yeah, we, we know from like what's been told, but I'm very curious if something else is going on here, uh, which I am really enjoying too. Yeah. I mean this, before we ever met Morgan, you know, that was something we were super wondering, like, is she really love Fern or is she using Fern? And then, you know, since meeting her, it does seem like she really does love Fern. Um, but that also could have grown organically after watching her for so many years. You would think that there would need to be, and we know she had a, a similar relationship with Birdie. So we're told like Maury and Birdie mm-hmm. also like had a relate, like a relationship first, mm-hmm. um, but you would have to think there was something, whether it was with Birdie, which more on that in a second, um, or whether it was specifically with Fern that interested Maury in the first place to like humor these mortals, because she is like an archfey that, Alora Vysorin is aware of, and I don't know if it's fair to say Alora was scared of, but at least, you know, yes, you know, yeah. the power level was there. So like right. something about the Calloways interested Mori to even like humor them. But then I think since like a real love has developed, um, <clears throat> but yeah, fascinating with the the threads that she spoke of, because we have the dark fern thing to kind of call back to. We also have the death scene that was very ominous that I think plays into all of this as well. Where like when Fern died, there were like eyes in the shadows, like waiting for her. Mm. Um, and then we have this deal with the devil, which is, which is new. So mm. I don't think that like specifically would be what Morgan was referring to. Although it could be, cause I mean, if you're looking at the threads of fate, I guess you can see in the future as well. Um, but so there's that. And then correct me if I'm wrong here, but in that final scene where she was saying like, Hey, there's something about birdie you don't know yet. And when she learned about the deal with uh, Asmodeus, didn't she say you're more like your mother than I even realized or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that implies like birdie also had some sort of deal with the devil. Here's the deal, man. Here's what upsets me. Okay. I have planned a genius plot twist yeah. in my D&D campaign. <laughs> and it's looking like Matt Mercer's about to steal it from me. That's all I'm going to say. And I know one of my players watches Critical Role, and I just yeah. know he's going to be like, 
you got that from Critical Role. And I'll be like, I did it. I didn't get it from Critical Role. It's my idea. So, but I, I feel like I know what might be happening, but I don't want to say it in case one of my players watches this because um, I don't want to reveal it for them. But Bro, you got to say it. What do you mean? Now I feel like I'm being so ominous. Are they going to watch? They watch it. us too? One of them might. No, bro. We're an hour I deep. Can't. They're not making it here. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? They commit to D and D every you week. You tell them so. to mute. You tell them to no. mute until we wave. No, they could be a spoiler junkie like I am. You know, I say, hey, make sure you mute this, and they're like, I ain't doing that. I know myself. <laughs> well, okay. So. If you change your mind, let me know. Right. But I'm All gonna right. continue to speculate. You can, okay. You know, All right. Poker face. <laughs> you're like, but... you're like blink twice if you think it's. <laughs> But some some other things about Fern that have been kind of question marks, but we've up until this point chalked it up to growing up with Morrigan. But she's much taller than her parents, and she's much more mm-hmm. monstrous. I use that very lightly because it's not like Fern is monstrous, but you know what I mean. Like she's been described in that way as being different from her parents. And again, previously I was like, oh, because Mori is the one that raised her. But is that not the case? And actually, mm-hmm. Ollie's not her dad. Mm-hmm. And is her dad some sort of devil or demon? And that's why Maury was like, you have more in common with your mom than you think. Whether that's specifically it or not, I think it's something in that realm. Because um, mm-hmm. like, you know, not knowing her, her real dad is could be the secret that Birdie's been keeping from her that Maury alluded to. And if she does have some sort of like, I'm not saying her dad's Asmodeus. Like, I don't think that's the case. But if she does have some sort of crazy dad, that could also explain why her threads were so interesting and could explain Mm. why things are waiting for her after death, you know? Um, Yeah. Do you think, I mean, Morgan is the fate weaver. Do you think she, I think Imogen said like, hey, this is a really interesting coincidence. Like, do you think it's been orchestrated for Birdie and Ollie to be here when Fern is here. Like is Morgan able to like have the foresight of that? And that's interesting. Maybe, you know, she did seem surprised when Fern arrived, but that's not necessarily meaningful. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting because she's rudest born on top of all of these things as well. And this is kind of a slightly moving to a new subject, which I don't want to fully do yet, but there's this matron of Ravens has been all over this campaign. And now, mm-hmm. and Matt has been like pushing, not just Fern, but like Imogen a few episodes ago, like a lot of the characters have been interacting with the matron. Um, mm-hmm. But now Fern is also kind of like firmly planted to be the one that maybe goes mm-hmm. down that path. Um, and, you know, like you just said, Morgan is the fate stitcher. Matron is the fate threads stitcher, of fate right. person. So, like, there's just so many factors here, and it's just crazy. Oh, so, and like, then didn't, wasn't Morgan asked about the matron, too? Wasn't there something yeah. like that? And Morgan was like, uh, something like, we kind of avoid each other. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of confusing. I was like, wait, what? But then the funny thing, like, she's okay. She's fine. But Yeah, because I think that, like, the matron like wouldn't really be cool with somebody messing with the threads of fates because that's her thing. So like Morgan's like, I stick to the ones that like, she doesn't really like, she they kind of like stays to herself to like avoid 
the yeah. ire of the matron is kind of how I took it. Like in the in the shadows of the threads of fate are the ones she messes with when the matron's back is turned, type of thing. And our archfey, are they? They're not deities. Are they more like a demigod? Yeah, they're not deities. Like I, status. I don't know of? how. I don't even know if they would be that level necessarily, but they're definitely very powerful. Yeah, okay. But at some point it's kind of semantic. So like maybe demigod is, is fair to say, but yeah. Okay. It's really interesting. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm very happy because I was curious about like the power dynamic between her and the matron. Oh um, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's not even close. I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um but yeah so did you make it much out of the raven appearance because it felt like it felt like really symbolic but i was trying to because like the young raven with one leg it was like i, I don't know I like no well yeah it's one leg so i what i took away from that was like an animal that's injured, like can't help itself. And mm-hmm. like two things come to help it. And I was like, is the, is the Raven Ashton? Like, but then I thought, well, maybe not. I said, who's, who is the Raven that Matt is trying to communicate? Um, yeah. I thought it maybe was her or like, yeah. Okay. I don't, it could it have even been Vax. I don't know if it would have been representative of Vax necessarily, but I mean, I guess, I guess it could be like, well, the implication is like something that's that's it's it's damaged in some way, which mm. I think Ashton is the easiest through line. But I think what's interesting when maybe this is the direction Matt's going is being broken and not knowing you're broken. Like Fern mm. is is um, like unintentionally uh, I can't think of the expression like a governor on the engine like limited because she doesn't fully know this secret or something. And so it's like you're walking on one leg, basically. Mm. Um, so I don't, but I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's tough because like there could be like so many layers to the symbolism, or it could be very obvious. You know, maybe it's just like, hey, we need help from our friends when we're, yeah, when we're yeah. injured because the the other yeah. two ravens land and give the food and you know yeah. help the third one. So like maybe it was simple as that, but I do think it's possible that it is entirely like deeper than that too. So it's just a chair. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, just three Ravens. <laughs> so, oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. all this stuff with Fern, I'm very, very interested in, but it does seem like we'll get some answers. Not, not like everything, but we're like facing that now. Cause I mean, surely yeah. we're going to find out about whatever the secret is that, that birdie has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at my notes real quick. Um, make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, <clears throat> excited for the scavenger hunt. <laughs> I think that'll be fun. As someone who used to get paid to do like team events like this, I'm just very curious, like what, what ends up happening what FTG, excuse me, what FTG puts together. Yeah. And I wonder if it could go wrong. Like, I wonder if we will actually get to like do this and complete it and then, okay, back to the prime material plane. Or if like 
something happens and they don't get to actually yeah. do this like they think they will. It'll be um, like the unseelie court shows up. Yeah. Which would be interesting. Because the freaking Elmanor, like maybe she knows Fern's back in the Feywild or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which, yeah, I wonder if like whatever is special about Fern, whether she has a demon dad or whatever, like there's that element. There's the Fey element of Elmanor. Like all of these entities seemingly want control of her, which is maybe also why Morgan was so like interested to add Fern to her collection, you know? Um, and she's rude as born. Um, it, it makes me wonder what, let me see if I can find it here. Um, what did lewdness say to her in the, um, office of, um, Oh yeah. Sorry. I think my thing just froze. Can you still see me? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess it's just frozen on my side. Um, okay. I don't know if we're, if I can find, yeah, I don't know. When they're in the um, professor's office, Ludness says something to Fern, like explains something to her. And then I think it's also interesting that Ludness wanted to kidnap her as well, mm. um, which we kind of, I, I just chalked it to like, oh, um, you, you come here. But like yeah. maybe, that, maybe that wasn't the case. Yeah, so. I, I thought the same. But yeah, it would be interesting if there was more to it. <clears throat> um the hyper hyperbolic time chamber is interesting uh, that's something that yeah. uh has been utilized before in critical role um pretty nice to have and i wonder if there will be any type of of role or if just more like matt will hand wave that not that he has to hand wave it but more morgan is powerful enough to where that's just going to be fine and they can do that or if there could still be a role associated with it um, and what might happen if there is. Um, but yeah, I think I'm double checking again really quick. Um, so many great lines. Yes. This episode, we kind of, we kind of talked about it in wide swaths, like with the Chetney and the Laudna and the FCG talks, um, but also the Percy Ashton talk. I really enjoyed um, I don't know if it was in a four-sided dive or when it was, but uh, I think Talison was talking about like <clears throat> how how similar they are, and he didn't even realize like intentionally like the kind of the character flaws in Percy and in Ashton. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really cool one-on-one to have and to see Percy kind of have some empathy for mm-hmm. Ashton. Um, and someone, this deserves a shout out just because I we didn't really give it any time. Um, but someone said this in the discord and it, it put it together for me, um, about, and we, we talked about a little bit about Ashton basically walking the line of his father. Mm. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry, whoever said this, cause I commented directly when you said it, that I really love that you said it, but I, it was during, I think maybe the watch party. I can't remember. So I don't remember exactly what was said, but what I came back to though, was basically sense of the father, mm. um, you know, kind of like that old story trope. And um, I just love how quickly Ashton fell into that, I guess. Yeah. Um, the one so, week. Um, yeah. Right. Yes, <clears throat> exactly. So, and I apologize that I can't give better credit. I just, it was in passing. So I can't remember who said it. What a jerk. Let's, <laughs> let's roast Blake in the comments for that. It and <laughs> I thought of it actually. <laughs> so anyway, 
but yeah, I'm a better. Anything else? Fantastic episode. Glad we both loved it, especially yeah. both love Chetney's <laughs> moment. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. All right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, y'all, let us know your comments, uh, please, in the comments below. We would love to hear it um, on that we issue. Know, but, we know what we want to hear. But also we on this. We see. Also on all these juicy things. Um, I'll be moderating the comments on. <laughs> just deleting everyone <laughs> that agrees with me. delete comments? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Watching you. No, um, we, we appreciate you all. Um, it's fun having these discussions. And I, I think at the end of the day, you know, if it isn't clear, you know, Will and I obviously love each other and just, we're just joking around, but I think it's worth saying a little bit only because I saw, I actually didn't see your tick, your TikTok. I think you put it on TikTok, but I actually didn't see your video about the reaction until today. I didn't even realize you had put it up. Mm. And, um, you know, I think it is worth, we both definitely agree that the crazy toxicity, like it's just, we, we talked about yeah. this last episode, but. And anyway. yeah, like people can disagree. Like that's not, yeah. what anyone's mad about it's like the weird like taking it to real life and like oh mm -hmm. like everyone hates talison like yeah get a life you know <laughs> <laughs> so having said that me and will are ending the podcast yes so. this is the last episode <laughs> um oh, but man. we will still be having our quick live chat this friday at 1 p.m so yes. come hang out like you said yeah. you can if you won't be able to make it live, but you have some interesting question or something, uh, I think there's probably you'll come in the discord, ask it there. Or, um, I think there's posts on our community tab on YouTube where you can ask. Yeah, us there. I have a, yeah, there's a post, there's a survey monkey. You can also just, if you just put it in the discord and ping us, um, we'll be sure yeah. to, and it doesn't have to either be a question. It can also be like, Hey, here's a theory I'm working with, um, which we don't, uh, nowadays there's so many comments that pop in on the video that we don't, Always, and we do so much content now that it's a little bit different. But I know back in the day, we would park on a couple of theories every now and then. So um, if you got a great theory, just drop it in the Discord and tag us. And uh, we'll make sure, uh, if we have time, we'll make sure we talk about it. So, Yeah. And um, again, uh, Critical Role one shot tonight. So if you're around and want to watch that with some of us, come by the Discord. Um, Worlds Beyond Number coming soon. I feel like I feel like there's like something else I wanted to mention, but I it's escapes me. Wow, season of discovery. Oh yeah. We might so, uh follow our gaming channel. Yeah. Um maybe we'll put some content up there. Yep. I uh so. I actually made a comment in the Discord. Nobody responded to it yet. But if <laughs> if you made it this far in this episode and you too happen to be playing the new WoW season of discovery, let us know because Blake and I are both gonna be playing. Um yeah. so you should roll on the you same server. You haven't voted on your guild name, by the way. Oh, um, I did see I that. It. I didn't like look at it though. How yeah. voting ends tomorrow? You got to get your vote in. Who says I'm? Who says I'm gonna be in the guild, bro? If we led you, roll if solo. You're lucky. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we appreciate you all watching our ep today or listening on the podcast, and we'll catch you later. Ooh. Sorry, one last thing, because I always forget to say this. I've been meaning to say this for like months. If you do listen to the podcast version, we would greatly appreciate a review. I don't think we have any <laughs> on like any of the platforms. Oh, that's surprising because we have so many. Um, Maybe we do. Let's, let's see. Maybe we do. Yeah, let's see if we do. We might have reviews, but I don't think anyone's left like a like a comment review. We got two reviews. Oh, we do? 
<laughs> on on uh, well, Spotify well, or on two ratings, two ratings. Two ratings. It's not it's not common on Spotify for someone to actually leave a review. Mm. To be fair, um, but yeah. So what are the what are you looking at? Like which Apple Podcasts? Okay, on Apple. So yeah, I mean you, is, don't, you don't even have to leave a comment, but if you whatever platform you use, if you can give like the stars, maybe give us five if you're feeling generous. Yeah, and we actually have a hundred podcast episodes posted this will be 101 on the audio podcast really we don't have more yeah yeah no oh you know what because i don't think we have we didn't start uploading as podcasts at the start right Right. so i think technically we we have more than 100 episodes but not 100 podcasts but that's cool so this is 101 or this is 100 this will be 101 okay so 100 was worlds beyond i guess Yes. Uh huh. Episode sixteen. Cool, cool, cool. <clears throat> All right. Alrighty. Alrighty, y'all. Well, um, don't forget. Oh, this is I think this is the thing I was trying to remember earlier. This Thursday there is no campaign three episode. This is a pretty extended break between campaign three, but this Thursday we have Candela chapter three premiering. Um, so as always, we'll be having watch parties for that in the Discord. Um so if you want to come hang out for that, please do. Looks like it should be pretty good. Alrighty. Boom, boom. I like keep saying like one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it, y'all. So thanks for hanging out. Until next time. See ya.